What's up, y'all? It's Russ Parr, and welcome to the Russ Parr cast. Today, we're going to be talking to a gentleman who wrote this incredible book on what it's like to be a black boss and have white employees. Oh, man, you're going to love this. Let's go right to the lines. Well, on the phone line right now, his name is Kwame S. Salter. Uh, Being the boss when it's black over white, seven strategies to manage the nuances and challenges. When I heard the title of this book, I said, I got to get Kwame on. Kwame, how you doing, sir? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm just fabulous. So you used to be like the CEO of Kraft, right? You are a CEO? Not a CEO. I was a senior vice president, human resources, global uh, supply chain. You know what? I would have went with CEO because it just like sounds. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> all right. So first of all, let me ask you: being the boss when it's black over white. Why did you write this book? Well, because I had the experience, and I realized that part of the challenge for black people is that we don't have people that came before us in these corporate environments to share with us what it's like to prepare us to be successful in these environments. Mm. A lot of uh, people who have uncles, aunts, fathers who've mm-hmm. been there, mm-hmm. they have a leg up because somebody's giving them uh, the 411, mm-hmm. a peek under the tent. And so they're prepared. We have to learn on the fly. Yeah. And we got to be better because, you know, people often say, and I tell my kids, hey, you got to be better than your counterparts because it's really not an even playing field. But I imagine that there was a lot of subliminal hate directed your direct in your direction because you're the black boss over white folks. You knew that was there possibly. How did you deal with that? How, how did you compartmentalize that? Well, first of all, I arrived in the position because of my effort, my industry, my ambition, what I did, I felt I had the confidence. I felt I earned the right to be there. Mm. So I discounted a lot of the bias and the bigotry. Mm-hmm. And they just had to deal with me. Yeah. I was not going to deal with them. You are what you pay attention to. Okay. I'm not going to pay attention to one sour, sore head mm-hmm. when I'm getting a standing ovation. I love it. Okay, I, I so, love it. That's beautiful. How long were you at Kraft? 22 years. 22 years. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you made a statement that so many blacks spend their careers downplaying their differences as a black employee. Explain that to me. Well, first of all, you know, people want to be a part of something. Mm -hmm. And our basic problem is that regardless of our makeup, our intellect, our views, our ideology, Mm -hmm. we're always going to be considered black. Mm -hmm. Uh, Take the the, uh, people who are mega supporters, the black ones. Mm -hmm. They get more hassle from their mega fellow mega supporters because Mm -hmm. they're black. Whoa. People don't even see their ideology. It's like, What's this black person doing here? Mm, so I never paid attention to people who were petty, who uh, were clinically sick, because racism makes you clinically sick. I agree with that. So I, I just, I just, you know, you are what you pay attention to. We're talking to Kwame S. Salter, being the boss when it's black over white, seven strategies to manage the nuances and challenges. You know, we talk about you being a boss over white folks, but there's a level of entitlement that black folks that work for you that they think that should they should get preferential treatment did you encounter that at all russ that's a great question in my book i address it as the homie the guy who ignores you when you're um, struggling to get to a position Mm. who plays the game who says look i'm gonna get over Mm. and you can't help me because you're black 
But the minute you get the position, they come to you and they begin to share with you all the experiences that they claim they're having. Oh, white people are this. They are the worst critics of white people privately, but publicly, they are the ones who are always saying, hey, it's not, it's not that bad. But the mm-hmm. minute you get the position, they come in and tell you, oh, my God. And I'm asking them, so why didn't you say something? Mm-hmm. My point is this. A lot of black people, not all black people, get culturally comfortable when another black person is boss. Mm-hmm. They talk to you a certain way. It's almost as though they don't respect you. Mm-hmm. They respect the position, but they don't respect you. And so uh, they consider themselves uh, a pragmatist. Let me be pragmatic. This brother's got the job. He understands what mm-hmm. I'm going through. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I used to say, all that glitters is not gold. All mm-hmm. that black is not soul. Oh, I like that. You know, they're like, oh, Salter got the job now. Things going to get better around here. Mm-mm. You got to yeah. do your job like everybody but, else. You know, you mentioned racial microaggression as being responsible for right. some of the uh, challenges that black bosses face. Give me an example of that. Well, for example, one of the people who uh, worked for me came back and said her boss, her functional boss, asked her, uh, what uh, university did you go to? She told him it was a historically black college and university. And he said, is it accredited? Wow. Now, that, that's a microaggression. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is it accredited? <laughs> we get that all In the other time. words, mm. yeah, okay. Oh, that's a, that's, yeah, that's a pretty dress, but it doesn't look that expensive. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know? those are microaggressions. Right. Or what did you do to your, what did you do to your hair? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yes, I get that. Uh, you share seven success strategies in the book for um, black bosses who manage white employees. Give me a couple examples of successes. Well, first of all, number one is what I call the Obama no drama rule. Keep your cool. Mm. In any environment, whether it's corporate or in the larger environment, whoever has the shortest fuse will lose mm. for sure. Interesting. And what I pointed out is that we as a people, black people need to understand that we don't have the right to claim in this country being provoked. So we can't claim provocation. So somebody could come up to you every day and call you the N-word. Mm. And then it can get in your face. And if you push him away, you will be charged with assault and battery. Wow. The right. point is that we can't even use stand your ground because a black man with a gun is a threat and not a citizen asking for help. Mm. That's a valid point. You know, one of the things that I find is that, you know, I've always had my own companies and, and, and things like that. And I try to treat people with respect and I try to teach, especially a lot of folks that, that look like me, that, you know, you can mm-hmm. burn a bridge very easy and people forget. Well, actually, people don't forget uh, the bridge that you burnt with them. What do you say to these folks, man, that, you know, these same people that you disrespected coming up, you'll see them when you're going down because it's a small world. Well, I have a theory and it's called the bridge theory. Life is about bridges. And you have to make a decision about what bridge to cross and which bridge to burn. Sometimes you burn the bridge you should be crossing. Sometimes mm. you cross the bridge you should be burning. Wow. So you, one of the things you have to understand is uh, why are people supporting me? Why are people uh, opposing me? And a lot of times we just react instead of respond. So I always, when people make statements that I think are stupid, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. I don't get upset. My role is to elevate you to a level that I can teach you. 
I can mm. tell you, I can explain to you mm. what that question meant to me, how I decoded that question. Mm. You encoded it a certain way, but I, I decoded it this way. So people will say things, make statements that are racist and say, well, I didn't mean anything by it. <laughs> well, it impacted me differently. Absolutely. My perception is different. Me differently. Absolutely. Right. Finally, who should read this book and why? Everybody who uh, is in corporate should read this book because, and, and it's not restricted to black people, but I, you know, the thing that people need to understand is that we as a people, because of the unique and ugly circumstances that we've had to experience, We've had to watch, study, learn how the establishment works. Mm. We know more about the people who oppress us than they know about us. Wow. We read everything they write. Mm -hmm. We listen to everything they say. We watch everything they do. But they don't pay much attention to us. And so one of the things I think is important is that we begin to have a dialogue. Well, we need to keep a dialogue going. We The reason people become... Uh, what you consider reactionaries because people quit talking to them. And a lot of people don't want to be talked to anyway. Mm. So they keep making these perplexing statements, these absurd statements, and suddenly people just leave them alone. And when they're left alone, they get into a little bubble. Mm. And the only people that they talk to are people that reinforce their biases. So one of the ways to penetrate that bubble is to continually have dialogue. Even though what they say may be offensive and even stupid, you have to have dialogue. You have to explain to them and talk to them and try to understand how they ended up in such an irrational posture. So, you know, you have people that probably work underneath you, white and black, are saying, hmm, Kwame probably kissed a lot of butt to get where he is. What do you attribute your success to? Hard work, competency, and a good upbringing. Nice. Nice. Because, I mean, people yeah. always want to have an excuse as to how did he get there? Uh, and brother's like, oh, he, he, he up there, Tommen, and this and that. And, you know, we're our own worst enemy because yeah. we, we try to find fault in success, and that is a damn shame. Well, this, this Russ, goes back to the what I call the homie, the black person who suddenly admires you because you achieved something. But in their mind, what they're saying is that we're all the same. Uh, they, we're all replaceable. Mm. You know, they just need a black person. Right. And they don't respect the fact that you got there based on your industry ambition and effort. Mm. What they consider is, hey, look, the game is about securing the next promotion that's set aside for a minority. Wow. Uh, they could have put me in there. They could have put you in there. That's their whole posture. Mm -hmm. um, they're very pragmatic because what they're saying is that once you adorn the suit of power, okay, brother, I'll talk to you. But prior to that, they avoided you. They avoided associating with you. They avoided uh, aligning with you. They avoided being considered a black person. Mm. They wanted to be considered. They wanted to be considered just a person. But in deep in their mind, they have this hatred of white people that they mask. I don't hate anybody, but mm. they hate white people, and by definition, they hate anybody who's successful. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, we have to understand that within our community, we have this, what I consider a negative cultural trait of getting over. Man, you know what? I got over. If getting over means stepping on Russ or Kwame, that's okay because I'm getting over. Is that, and, so the, is that and let me give you a different, and you may not like this term, but I'm going to throw it at you anyway. Right. Isn't that kind of okay. like the slave mentality 
that you're jealous of your, your, your brother making it. And he had all, gave me all these excuses as to why he's in a position of power other than the fact that you're competent. Yeah, that is that, you know, the one thing that slavery did uh, to uh, this country and to black people that were enslaved is that it marginalized us. We don't see our full selves. We don't see ourselves as wholly owned subsidiaries of our feelings. We don't see ourselves as having anything that we can do independently. Everything is dependent on somebody giving us a break, setting the pit. Mm. What I try to emphasize to people is that some people are smarter than you. Some people are better looking than you. But you know what? We all have a skill, a gift that has been deposited in us. And if we can dial into that, we can be successful. It doesn't depend. Our success doesn't depend on anybody else's failure. It should never depend on anybody else's failure. I love that, man. Man, this book, you guys got to read this. Being the Boss When It's Black Over White, Seven Strategies to Manage the Nuances and Challenges. Mr. Kwame S. Salter, I want to thank you for taking the time because to me, this is a lesson that everybody can actually learn something from. This is this conversation that you guys just might want to keep listening to over and over again because I, I, I find you to be very fascinating, brother, and I really appreciate that you're, appreciate you're sharing it. this with a lot of young folks that need to hear this. I mean, hear it, not just read it, hear it, apply it, because I just want to, you at know, my age, I just want everybody to learn everything that I learned, but I just got so many people that are just like blocking me. Ah, oh, you, you, you got it good. You're on the radio, you direct movies and all that stuff. And you just they don't realize I, I work 20 hour days. Some days I, I bust right, my no, ass. No. So don't take that right. from me. Don't take it from me. But right. I appreciate don't take this. that from me. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, here's, here's the thing, Russ, and I, I, I'll end with this. You know, uh, what corporations typically do is when they are faced with an issue around diversity inclusion, what they typically do is that they bring somebody in and they say, okay, you're going to be the face of this company. We're going to give you the position. But the position will have no power. You will end up explaining to the public why we haven't done something when you don't have the tools to change it. Okay? Mm. So what they do is they bring in activists, people in the community, and that Mm. activist comes inside and becomes an advocate. Mm. And if you're effective as an advocate, you can make things happen internally. But too often our people go from activist, advocate, to apologist. Oh, well, a company didn't do that because, well, what other initiative that's 50 years old has never taken, gained traction is still being funded? Only diversity, equity, and inclusion. See, I, I define this. Diversity is in being invited to the dance, right? Mm-hmm. Inclusion is being asked to dance. Mm. I love it. Kwame S. Salter. Man, thank you okay. so much. Being the boss when it's black over white, seven strategies to manage the nuances and challenges. I thank you for sharing that because this will be something somebody can, this is information that people can benefit from. And I just hope everybody picks up this book. I guess the book is available everywhere, right? It will be, yes, September 1st. And I thank you, Russ, for the opportunity to share with people my motivation and my reason for writing the book and my belief in this country and our people. As Martin Luther King Jr. said, we will go out and adjourn the councils of despair and bring new light into the dark chambers of pessimism. And this will be a great America, and we will be participants in making it so. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Mr. Salter. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Stay frosty.
Thanks for listening to the Russ Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and give us a rating and let everyone in your circle know about the Russ Podcast. We'll be dropping Russ's rants occasionally, so make sure you check that out. And a new episode each week. Check me out during the weekday mornings on the Russ Parr Morning Show, syndicated nationally. Make sure you follow us on all socials at Russ Parr Show. Thanks again, y'all.